Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of the DFS Dreamer Podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. I'm your host, Wes Easley. You can find me on Twitter, at Lofinet. And don't forget to follow my guy, who's been with us every step of the way this year, my friend, Pierre, at P31 on Twitter. How are you doing tonight, Mr. Pierre? I'm doing well, Wes. Kind of sad. We're we're getting towards the end of the, the NFL season, uh, down to the Final Four. I know that's a NCAA March Madness term, but Final Four in the NFL and uh, looking forward to it. My household still has a dog in the race, so we'll we'll see how it plays <laughs> out. Yes, she does have a dog in the race. She's sending me all these things. She's trolling me on Twitter, I think. Is is that what the kids call it nowadays, where she's sending me uh, gifs of, of Aaron Rodgers' sly little smirk? And, and my I think it's, I think it's back and forth, because you, you've gotten quite a few bear downs out there yourself. So it's it's not one-sided. It takes two to tango. Every time. I saw those Green Bay Packers score a touchdown, and Aaron Rodgers is celebrating. I was just tweeting out, hey, I got two words for you. Go Bears! Or Bear down! I was just, it was just irritating to see. Uh, I saw it. She saw it. So that's, that's why you got some smirks. <laughs> That's okay. It's fun. That's what Twitter's supposed to be, is fun. So I appreciate all the people who have supported us throughout the year on Twitter or even subscribing to the podcast, Fit Family. You've done a wonderful job at that, and we really, really do appreciate you doing that. We hope we don't go away for an extended period of time. Hopefully we can mix some things in. Pierre and I have brainstormed on a couple of ideas of things that we can do, uh, but Pierre is definitely, you've been pulling your weight, my friend. You've been doing a great job all season long. Well, thank you. Thank you. You've been a great host. Uh, again, thanks for having me. I think we've made some people some money this year, which is oh, yeah. which is good. But it's good advice in, in general. If we've helped with lineup construction and kind of help you kind of narrow down your, your choices each week, then that's a that's a win. So I appreciate it. Yes, I've won 15 cents, I think, this year. So <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm going to get a 1099. I think my, my wife may get a 1099 for the first time as well. So it'll be There'll be some taxes coming out for me for sure. I, I don't I don't have the boldness to go that high yet. You know what I mean? I mean, like I'm still just toying around. And I think that that what ends up happening with me is I start second guessing. I'm, and I just all those things that ends up happening. But I'm getting a lot better uh, through your tutelage and through many other people who I've run in contact with on uh, Twitter. I, I've just I've been able to do a lot better over the course of the season. So that's well, good. good. That's good. 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 That's the also now, point now. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, how do we approach this weekend? Because there's just four games, right? Or two games, mm-hmm. and there's just four teams left. To me, this looks like a, almost like a, a showdown captain game or something. Well, that DraftKings really did us a favor and kind of pricing down um, a lot of these players. So it's actually rather easy to, to build a lineup this week, I feel. Um, the route you're going to want to take is probably going to be the stacking route for the most part. You're going to have to pick one of these games, whichever one you feel is going to perhaps shoot out um, and just kind of roll with the punches there because you're, you're going to get a bunch of folks playing, obviously, the same guys. Uh, you only got four teams to choose from. Uh, so I think to be a little contrarian to kind of give yourself a, an edge, uh, it's going to be to basically just try to stack up a, a team or you know a game itself and perhaps play some of those cheaper guys that you really don't have to play that much this week because of the pricing, uh, just to give yourself a little leverage off of some of the higher-owned big shots that'll be played. 
Oh, this sounds like a perfect setup for me then, because <laughs> I, I was already eyeballing Matt Barkley this oh, week at 4,400. <laughs> well, you might want to play those guys that actually play that are down there. I know we've had that all year where he tossed out some names, but them being on the field is still a positive. Okay. All right. Well, that's good advice, I believe. <laughs> so let's look at the uh, highest over-under total. Uh, of course, this week it's going to be the Buffalo Bills at the Kansas City Chiefs, where I have it right now from, from Odd Sharks. That mm-hmm. game total is 53 and a half, and the Buccaneers and the Packers are sitting at 51. Uh, the Packers are actually the team with the highest odd shark draft uh, a, a game total or point total for their team. It's at 30 points, Pierre. Uh, they got the Buccaneers only at 20. I, that, that seems a little bit high for me for the Packers in this uh, what conference final game. Yeah, um, that, that is a little high. So I have them right now at 27.3 for the Packers and 23.8. Uh, for the Buccaneers, which I think will be a little closer, uh, 30. I mean, it could definitely happen, but yeah, that's, that's stretching it a bit, I feel. Yeah, I don't know what Odd Sharks is thinking. And on the other side, or the other game, they got the Bills slated for 25.7 and the Chiefs at 25.8. So they think that one's going down to the wire. That may be because of the Patrick Mahomes concerns right now, uh, which brings me up to this question for you. Do mm-hmm. you think Patrick Mahomes is going to suit up on Sunday and actually play, or do you think he's going to be riding the pine? I think he's playing. Um, I'm not even sure he's going to have to pass the protocol to play, um, and, and that's sad, uh, but I feel like he'll be out on the field, uh, given it is the the championship game, but, you know, bid to the Super Bowl. Uh, he said he was okay, so he came out early on. I know you can never really take a, a player's word for it, you know, dealing with a concussion, but I do think he'll be on the field. He's obviously the the main cog that keeps that that machine rolling. Uh, if he was fine and, you know, they checked him out there at the game uh, there last week against the Browns, and I'm, I'm sure he'll suit up and be ready to go. Uh, again, I don't know the protocols per se and what all he's going to have to pass. There is an independent neurologist that's usually involved here, uh, but just keep that in mind. But I, I do think he'll he'll get the go-ahead by the time Sunday rolls around. I do, too. I think he'll get the go-ahead, but I don't think that we'll get the official word about that until uh, Saturday or something like that, or even game day Sunday. They'll want to uh, make that a, a focal point for the media all week long, I believe. <laughs> I'm so sure. It's just, you know, let's add a little drama to the game, and it is television, and it is sports, so we got to kind of go along with that. But let me ask you this. If Patrick Mahomes does not play we have Chad Henney sitting down there at the 5K mark. Do we think at all here from the DFS Dreamer standpoint, and I, I suppose we're still going for three times the value even on a week like this, that mm-hmm. Chad Henney would be able to get to 15 DraftKings points? I think he can. Um, he, he threw a yellow ball uh, that last game against the yeah. Browns. There he thought an interception. Uh, I caught it just dreams and aspirations was the type of throw that he had, but uh, he did get some, get some action in Week 17 uh, when they rested all the starters. That was against the Chargers, meaningless game. He put up 16, uh, 2, 18, and 2. Uh, so I think he can get to the 15 range. Uh, if he is a starter and Mahomes is ruled out, I'd probably rather go for the upside from one of the other three quarterbacks. Uh, but he definitely can get you the value uh, if he does play. 
Yeah, that seemed like a uh, pep talk from the coaches before he went out there. <laughs> you know, come on, Chad, go out there and just grip it and rip it. Trust yourself. Just let her fly. Let her fly. And then he <laughs> threw that YOLO ball. He comes to the sidelines. All right, that's not exactly what we meant, all right? <laughs> right? We were just playing. We were just playing. Check it down. Check it down. <laughs> all right. Well, if we if we take Chad Henney out of the equation, then let's assume Patrick Mahomes is going to play. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady is the cheapest option that everybody has to choose from for uh, Sunday's event, and he's at 6,100 going against that Green Bay secondary that really had a great time last week playing football. Uh, is Tom Brady going to be able to get to three times his value? Yeah, I think so. I mean, when you look at like his last six or so games, he's he's been in the 20s or 30s. Uh, right now, you're looking for just over 18 to get there. I think it's possible. I know they're going to be at the frozen tundra, but you know, he's played in New England. He's played in the coat weather before. Um, it will change a bit. Um, I know just living in Indiana, it's a lot different when you're in the cold here and you're used to it versus when I've been like on vacation in Florida for a while. All of a sudden I come back to Indiana. I'm like, man, it's freezing here. So uh, he'll have to deal with that himself. You know, he hasn't really, you know, had to worry about that too much this season. Yes, he's played in some cold weather, but once you get acclimated, to different temperatures that at first walking out of the tunnel um, into that frozen air is going to hit him a bit. Uh, but I still think he can get there for, for three times the value at that price tag. Would you rather have him or Aaron Rodgers on Sunday right above him at 6,500? No, it's Aaron Rodgers for sure. Uh, he's living in the element, you know, he's living there in, in green Bay or at least in a surrounding city uh, there during the season. Uh, he's, he's loving it there. They got the fans there. Now they had about 8,500, um, in regards to the tickets there, uh, they're only doing it for season ticket holders. Uh, we actually looked into to tickets uh, ourselves and uh, they only let season ticket holders. So they can't they can't sell those off to anyone or you won't be admitted. You have to be the owner of the season ticket holders to be admitted into the game. But they're going to have about eighty five hundred again. And, you know, he's been hot. Likely the MVP, I feel, in my opinion, uh, he's definitely, again, priced down a bit. He was sixty. But 6,900 last week and got there pretty, pretty, you know, easily at 25. You can see the same thing. Only hiccup is that his one really poor game of the season was there at Tampa where he scored 5.8. They actually scored a touchdown. He did a little hip thrust early on uh, that got called back in that game. So we'll see how it plays out. I expect him to play better and I would take uh, Rodgers over Brady for sure. And I think the Green Bay Packers, or I'm sorry, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be completely healthy on defense. Who, who's the guy they're getting back, the defensive tackle, Vi, Vi uh, Muga or something? <laughs> yeah, I can't pronounce his name either, but yeah, they're definitely getting healthy. Uh, with Vi, you know, you had their Devin White's healthy this year. He had a really big game. Uh, they got their cornerbacks healthy, so it's going to be a good matchup, um, really on both sides of the ball, even though the Packers' defense is, is they're healthy with, you know, Alexander and Amos, uh, who they got from the Bears and the, the Smith brothers with Preston and Kadarius. It's just it's going to be a good battle, I feel. Really good matchup. I actually preferred it to be Brady uh, to Breeze because I felt like it would be a better game. And we'll see if it plays out that way. Uh, you talked about the crowd there in Green Bay. It seems to me that the crowds are very loud, even with just a small group of fans there in each of the stadiums. Mm-hmm. Surely the stadiums are pumping in some kind of noise or something to, uh, to make it a little bit more difficult on the visiting team. But at the same time, whenever I'm watching it, I'm going, wow, that's a loud crowd. They got to be pumping in noise. That's a little unfair. I think it's a mix. I think it's 
part, the the crowd there that's that's live, and I think they still have some of that crowd noise that they kind of built in uh, from just the TV side of things. So before they were fans, uh, they piped in basically fake artificial fan noise uh, that they don't hear at the games. It's only that we hear it through the television. Uh So I think now you have a mixture of that plus the actual fans in the actual stadium that makes it a little more amplified. I could see that. Maybe that's what I hear whenever I hear Aaron Rodgers going, Blue da da da! Weasel. Hey, Josh Allen. Josh Allen is sitting right above Aaron Rodgers this week, and he'll be on the road at Kansas City. Uh, he's at 6,900. Josh Allen, to me, almost, almost seems like the best play on the board, if you ask me, Pierre. I think he is. Um, obviously, you got Mahomes that we'll, we'll get to in a moment, but. Looking at the rushing upside alone, I feel like he has the, the most rushing upside out of these four. He he didn't rush much um, last game when it came to the, the Ravens. Part of that was the weather there. Um, they really try to contain him. That was part of their game plan. Even threatening to hit him like a running back before the game was the, the new stories that were coming out of Baltimore there. But I do love his upside a lot. Um, poor game there. Baltimore expect him to bounce back. Uh, well, he's going to have to keep up. You know, if, if Mahomes plays, they're going to have to score. Uh, they don't run the ball at all. I think they had like seven uh, rushing attempts from the running backs uh, when it came to that game against the Ravens as well. So he's going to he's going to throw it. He's going to air it out. Plus, he's going to use his legs. Um, I do like him again. He's discounted. He's down, what, five hundred dollars uh, from last week himself. So, yeah, I do really like Josh Allen this week for sure. You say that he had, you know, uh, this is going to be a bounce back week because he had a pretty poor outing. He did from a DraftKings standpoint, but as far as a football standpoint, I think he played spectacular. He had 37 pass attempts and zero interceptions. Uh, there may have been one or two balls that were kind of close at different times, mm-hmm. but but still, zero interceptions, no turnovers at all. He didn't run uh, tremendously well last week either. Just a total of three yards, which really seems strange for him. He did fumble that one ball, but still, Josh Allen was able to limit all those bad plays and just kept his team around long enough for actually uh, a great defensive output by those Buffalo Bills, far better than I ever thought they could do. Yeah, I mean, the main reason I said he played a little poor is he he missed some throws, and again, that could have been uh, because of the wind and how it was picking up there. We saw a bunch of mixed kicks uh, from the kickers there as well, but just missing throw overthrows that could have resulted in a bigger you know day in general and fantasy day. Uh, but yeah, you're you're 100 right on the the defense. Uh, I know we had talked about them and the Rams kind of being that lower range defenses to, to shoot for. Uh, we mentioned even the week before how the Titans you know, got the eight sacks against Lamar because he held on to the ball so much. Um, and again, you know, the Bills were able to take advantage of that, uh, get some sacks. And then obviously the, the game changer was the big pick six uh, when they were driving. Uh, the Ravens were driving and Lamar tried to force it into Mark Andrews, pick six, 101 yards, uh, basically changed the game. Uh, shortly after that, you know, the concussion happened and it was pretty much a wrap for the Ravens. All right. So I don't know if you said this or not. I don't think you did. Aaron Rodgers or Josh Allen then? Josh Allen. Okay. It's close. It's close. I like Josh Allen a lot this week. Well, then your last choice, Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes on Sunday. So I I think if you can get to Mahomes, you you play Mahomes if he's healthy. Uh, He had the the 21 points before. Uh, He exited the game with a concussion. I believe he was still a part of the the millionaire maker uh, winning lineup as well. Um, with just a 21, I want to say Rodgers was the only one that outscored him 
uh, quarterback-wise on the week, even with him not playing. Uh, so if he's healthy, you, you definitely would go uh, Mahomes. Even he's, you know, down, what, 300 uh, from the last week, three or 400 from the last week as well. I think I'm going to lean Allen myself, uh, but ultimately Mahomes would be the, the top play if he's healthy, I feel. I just would take the discount on Allen where I feel like I can get the same type of upside at uh, about what, $700 uh, discount. Yeah, but boy, uh, Patrick Mahomes, he, he's just a different a different animal, a different breed of quarterback. I, you know, the, the theory is you always follow around that good quarterback, the better quarterback, right? That's mm-hmm. what you're supposed to do. And that, that was evident, I think last weekend as well in each of the games, I believe the better quarterback won each of those week, uh, each, each of those games last weekend. But, yeah. and, and right, usually it's experience that leads you to believe that, right? But Patrick Mahomes has been able to do these things almost since his get-go, just as it's the first time he took a snap. And yeah, there seemed to be some growing pains whenever he got the first snaps there for Kansas City. But man, the learning curve has not been very long. It has not. Um, really talented guy. And he has the confidence, uh, which goes a long way. Some of those higher, you know, drafted um, quarterbacks, they, they don't have the confidence or they're on a really crappy team early on where their confidence is shot right out of the gate. Uh, Mahomes didn't obviously have that. He got to you know sit behind Alex Smith and be on a really good team um, and take over a really good team with good weapons. When he got a chance, uh, they performed well. He got confident, and you know as your confidence grows, you know if you're a good quarterback, it's going to show. Um, and I felt like that's definitely been the case for him. He's oozing with it. Um, the only reason again that I, I kind of lean Allen is just the run factor. When it comes to the playoffs, Andy Reid starts to to run the ball a little bit more. Uh, we saw you know, Darrell Williams, you know, get some some pretty solid touches. I want to say he's like 13, 14 touches um, in rushing last week. Uh, whereas you look at Allen and what Devin Singletary got seven. So uh, just there alone, I feel like they'll be more involved in a run game for Kansas City. Uh, but yeah, you're right. Mahomes is a, a different beast, a different talent, and the the Chiefs are pretty much set as long as he can stay healthy uh, for years to come. On our wide receiver slate, I'm going to mm-hmm. start down here with Chris Godwin. Okay. And and the reason why we got three Buccaneers just right there in a row. You got Evans, Godwin, and Brown. Evans starts us out at fifty eight hundred, and mm-hmm. Brown goes down to forty seven hundred. To me, Brown just doesn't see the targets week in and week out to really be any more than a name on this board. I think it starts with K- Chris Godwin if you're a Tampa Bay Buccaneer guy, uh, just simply because he has got the seven targets, and we always know Mike Evans is going to go and get his at mm-hmm. some point to be able to pay off. I won't say pay off at DraftKings, but at least give you a respectable score. So let me ask you on Sunday. Would you rather have Chris Godwin or Mike Evans? Uh, Mike Evans is at 58 and Godwin's at 5,400. That would be Godwin. Um, again, he, he's going to get more targets. Uh, when you look at Evans, he gets the, the higher upside targets. So he gets the deep throws. Um, he gets the, the, the goal line red zone uh, targets because it's his big body. Uh, so you can take that into account. Uh, but even when you look at last week, you know, we mentioned Marshawn Lattimore likely going to shut down Evans again. I felt like he did. He had the one catch for three yards, but that one catch was a touchdown. Uh, whereas Godwin's going to be all over the field. They're going to really get him away from uh, Jair Alexander as well. So just keep that in mind. But Godwin would definitely be the the one I would lean. Uh, and not only do you have a $400 discount, but you get more targets, um, and which uh, can be basically more bang for your buck uh, because he has more opportunities. 
Okay, then, would you like to have Godwin or Stefan Diggs? And if you're going to, I guess if you're going to be playing Josh Allen, I know how you like to roll. You're yeah. taking Diggs all the way. Oh, it's Diggs all day. Um, it would be Diggs anyways, but, I mean, he's just been a monster. Uh, he's basically getting double-digit targets every game, uh, really right around that 100-yard. You know, when it comes to the 100-yard bonus uh, that you get from DraftKings, he's getting in the end zone as well. Uh, so Diggs would definitely be the guy. I'm, I'm kind of sad I didn't play him last week. I played him all year long. He's actually, even in my re- redraft leagues, he was my wide receiver one a lot of times because I was loading up on running backs early in drafts, and Diggs was always available there. I didn't think he'd have the great year that he had, um, but I thought he'd be really good. But he's been a monster. 7K, again, he came down, you know, from the, the 7300 that he was. I feel like it's a, a better matchup with, with the Chiefs and their secondary uh, than it was against the Baltimore Ravens personally, but he just seems to be matchup proof these days. All three of those top guys, Devontae <laughs> Adams, Tyreek Hill, all those guys are target monsters. Mm-hmm. But it's, it, it is very curious to look at Chris Godwin, and he just doesn't see the end zone work to boost his DraftKings price, I think, anymore. But Stephon Diggs or Tyreek Hill this week? I think I'd stick with Diggs. Um, I feel like he he's definitely an option one when it comes to the Bills, and it's hands down, whereas Tyreek kind of battles it out with Kelsey a bit. Um, yeah, Kelsey's a tight end, but Kelsey gets a lot of those, you know, middle-of-the-field routes, um, check downs, things along those lines. He also is more involved um, when it comes down to the red zone and goal line. They'll, they'll do shuffle passes to him. Um, they really get him open, whereas Tyreek, you're more looking for him to run a sweep or something or a reverse uh, when they get down the goal line. But I feel like I feel like I stick with Diggs. Uh, he's only a couple hundred dollars cheaper. Uh, but again, Tyreek, he's more of a big bang for your buck. You're looking for the deep throws, the long crossing routes, um, unless he you know breaks free from reverse. So right now, I definitely lean Diggs uh, in that matchup. I feel, again, he's getting more. Targets. They're both averaging close to double digits, but I feel like Diggs is more secure um, in his targets because he really doesn't have that Kelsey to take away that action from him. Okay, let me ask you this. Okay. If Chad Henney plays, are you leaning more Tyreek Hill? Are you re- leaning more uh, Travis Kelsey? If either one of those two guys, if, if Chad Henney ends up playing instead of Patrick Mahomes? If it's, if it's Henney, I, I definitely won't probably play any Tyreek at all. Um, I don't know if he can really take advantage of where Tyreek's good, which is his speed and getting behind the secondary. He may get some more of those underneath routes just to try to get him involved. Uh, but I'm not sure the deep ball and the accuracy of Henny is anywhere near Mahomes. Again, we kind of saw that on the one yellow ball that he threw at Demarcus Robinson, of all people, uh, instead of Hartman and, and Hill, who are your speedsters. He throws that at Robinson. Whereas a lot of quarterbacks who are, are just coming in, they, they like to use that tight end as their security blanket, uh, kind of just over the middle, you know, those easy type of routes. So I feel like Kelsey would definitely be uh, 1A if it's Henny, um, whereas if it's Mahomes, it could be either him or, or Tyreek Hill as 1A, 1B. Okay. Would you rather have, you said Stephon Diggs or Devontae Adams? It's Devontae. Um, I think he's the best receiver um, when it comes to the, the NFL you look at the the Jalen Ramsey matchup. Uh, he even said before the game, you know, I'm not like these other guys. Um, and he wasn't being arrogant. He was just being truthful. Uh, you look at his breaks. He's one of the, the best route runners. Um, he gets out his breaks so well. It's like effortless where he really can't press him because he's so quick with the first step. 
Um, and if you do, you know, back up off of him, he's going to take advantage of that space. And him and Rodgers just, just have that connection for years and years. Mm-hmm. I know Allen and Diggs have built up one, you know, this year, but, you know, years of connection with him uh, and Aaron Rodgers. So Adams would definitely be my top choice there at 8K. Boy, that touchdown, that touchdown that he had last week where, he, you know, you just saw you saw Aaron look at him and just kind of I don't even know what he did. I, I don't even know if it was a toe t- a, a nose touch, a, mm-hmm. if it was a blink of the eye, the left eye only or something. I think that that's how they communicate out there on the field. But uh, then he went in motion. Yeah. And then he came back in motion the other way, and it just totally blew Ramsey. And Ramsey started jumping up and down oh like my a five-year-old. Gosh. He lost it, didn't he? He's, like, he's blaming everybody. It's like, oh, boy, here we go. Uh, it was beautiful. Uh, I think Travis Kelsey, by the way, would uh, have a little bit to do with who's the best wide receiver in the NFL. You mentioned Devontae Adams being that guy. Like, I think Travis Kelsey would like to tap you on the shoulder and say, well, what about me? Because I am 8K this week, just like Devontae <laughs> Adams, you know? Yeah, I love Kelsey. So I mean, my, my wife will tell you that he's my favorite non-coat player. Um, I just enjoy watching him. I, I like his end zone dances, his energy. Uh, he's a great person off the field with some of the, the charity and profitable work he does there. Uh, so I do love Kelsey, but I, I still think Adams is the best. Kelsey, you know, he's a big body. He's a good route runner as well, but he does benefit a bit uh, from Tyreek being on the field. Whereas Adams, I mean, you got to think that folks were eating the Packers alive uh, when it came to free agency in the draft for not getting Rodgers help. They didn't go out. They didn't get a receiver. You know, they they ended up drafting a quarterback in the first round. Uh, they signed Devin Funches. He he went on the the IR or the COVID list where he he opted out, so he didn't play at all. So they pretty much just ran it back from last year. Um, but guys have improved, um, or if they didn't improve, then he's making them look a lot better. So uh, keep that in mind out there. That Adams is he's always everyone knows he's the guy, and nothing nothing can be done about it. You know, the top cornerbacks in the NFL they can't do anything about it he's that good would you pay up this week I know we kind of glossed over him for Antonio Brown at 4700 or are we just going to shelf him uh, injury or not I think it'll depend um probably not uh, you definitely want to watch the news with his knee I know he's day-to-day um so he may not play he pretty much didn't play that second half at all uh, they were going to Johnson there Tyler Johnson out of Minnesota was the the one that came in for him in the second half a really good price on Brown. Uh, I know he's not getting the targets that Godwin's getting, but when you look at Kevin King, Jahir Alexander there with the Packers, they can only cover two folks. Um, so one of them are going to be left to roam, and it may be Antonio Brown. Uh, it's just tough. I think I like other folks in his range a little bit more. I feel more secure um, in their targets, uh, but I think he definitely is in play if he's healthy uh, coming into Sunday. I think they just took John Brown and stuck him right by Antonio Brown just to mess me up. You know, I <laughs> trying to tongue tie me there a little bit. But John Brown is at 4,300. I'm not going to say he's really disappointed me because I haven't expected a lot out of him. He did see 11 targets last week. He got 14 DK points. That's just right about where we want him to be. Are we going to be mm-hmm. able to depend on him this week in Kansas City? I don't know. I, I darn near detest John Brown after last week. So that, that week, that week, the wild card weekend, I, I definitely had a bit of him uh, against the Colts. I expected Rhodes to, to kind of shadow digs and he, he basically shadowed John Brown. He got four targets for nothing. Uh, whereas Beasley, Beasley got all the action. And then last week I went to Beasley 
Beasley got like two targets and nothing, and, and Brown got the 11, caught eight for 62. So I feel like it may go back to the, the Beasley week, so I'll probably leave Brown alone. Uh, but given his price tag, if he does get that type of volume again, I think you can definitely play him. You're looking for like 12 to, to 15 or so. He got 14 last week against Baltimore, so keep that in mind. Again, I'll probably lean Beasley again and, you know, just dig my own grave with that one. But I, I do think Brown's playable uh, at 4,300. Yes, I think the proper play is to fade whichever Buffalo <laughs> secondary wide receiver you end up choosing. This right? <laughs> it's just how it goes sometimes. Unreal. In that All right, we and and speaking of secondary receivers, we picked mm-hmm. the wrong one last week. I think we we threw MVS around there a little bit more often than we threw Alan Lazard, and Lazard was the guy who ended up coming through with that big touchdown. I don't know that you could trust any of these guys. They're all a dart throw, and maybe it's one of those things where you just kind of switch them out. Uh, mm-hmm. from lineup to lineup to see if it, which one ends up sticking at the end of the day. But what about Alan Lazard? He doesn't have a clear-cut advantage over MVS this week, does he? No, I don't think he does. Uh, he obviously benefited from the the big play there. Uh, I really like that play, actually. I don't know if you watched it at all, but uh, Rodgers like, smiled at that safety on the Rams like right before that play. Uh, you look at him at the line of scrimmage, he just kind of smirked. It's like he knew what was coming, and all of a sudden Lazard hit that slant, got behind him, and Boom, there he goes, touchdown. So uh, we'll see. I, I do think it's kind of a coin flip uh, with him and Valdez Scantling. I was always worried about Lazard because of his core issue. Um, he's missed some practice this year, even once he's come back. Uh, but he saw eight targets, which is the, the most targets he's seen basically all year since week three against the Saints. So uh, he, he could be ready to roll. Maybe they were just playing it you know, a little safe with him. Uh, or perhaps he just got more targets because of the Ramsey situation and, and not wanting to to really single out you know, Devontae in that Ramsey coverage too much. Uh, but I do like Scantling as well. I feel like he's more the deep threat um, in regards to the, the Packers uh, wide receivers. He has more speed than the Lazard. The, the problem with him is that he'll drop the ball. <laughs> he'll be wide open and drop the ball, and then he'll make the, the toughest catch in the world. Um, so his hands are really the concern with, with Scantling. Uh, but again, if you're, if you're, if you're around that price range, uh, it's really a coin flip. I feel I probably lead, uh, Scantling. I always like to kind of go the opposite of what went off, uh, the previous week because the ownership tends to, to really gear towards the person that, you know, had the best game recently. A kind of a what have you done for me lately type of situation. Uh, so I think MVS would be the guy I go back to, uh, save the $300 this week. All right, let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs secondary mm-hmm. kind of wide receivers here. We have Hardman, Watkins, and Robinson. I don't think any of those guys have really ever stood out too much to me this year, uh, just simply because they funnel everything to Tyreek or they funnel everything to Kelsey. One of those two guys seem to be the the guys who are going to get it. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's how their offense has been run this year. I think if Watkins is back and healthy, he's definitely someone capable of stealing uh, some of those targets. He's had some some higher target games of like nine, eight, seven. Uh, I feel like Mahomes kind of trusts him a little bit more than he does the Robinsons, Hartmans, and Pringles of the world. Uh, so just pay attention to that. I know he missed with a calf. Uh, he may be out again. So we'll, we'll see how that kind of plays out. I felt like Hartman was definitely the one that was benefiting the most. Uh, from that absence of Watkins. Uh, he saw four targets, caught all four. I feel like he probably would have saw a bit more um, had Mahomes stayed in the game. Uh, I think he kind of lost all that action that he had once Henny came in late. Uh, but Hartman would definitely be the big playability. Uh, he has the speed to kind of take away some of that pressure 
um, on routes uh, that Tyreek Hills often is, is seen. So keep that in mind as well. I feel like Robbins is more of like a possession type of receiver instead of a big play receiver. So Harbin will be the one I lean uh, if Watkins is out. If Watkins is back and healthy, I think he may be able to roll a dice with him. Uh, 3800 is a really cheap price for Sammy Watkins. Former early first round pick uh, of Buffalo, so you have a little revenge factor there. Uh, he was drafted by the Bills, so he he may be motivated to play. Uh, so definitely keep him on your radar. Watch your practices, see if he gets cleared to play. Well, you got a whole list of names that have done a little bit in the past during the regular season. Mm-hmm. I don't know that we want to trust them on our you know, which is just about our last Sunday of football or not. <laughs> I, I I don't know about a little Scotty Miller or Gabe Davis, uh, or even like you mentioned earlier, who is it, Tyler Johnson? Is that his yes. name? Tyler yes. Johnson? Yes. Even though I like him whenever he's in the game, I'm always like, Hey, what why are we throwing the ball to that guy a little bit more? You know? <laughs> um any of these guys jump out at you as somebody that you might want to play. Uh maybe if you're trying to squeeze in a lot of other people at Tyler Johnson at three K kind of seems pretty nice yeah well Tyler Johnson you have to watch the Antonio Brown news if, if Brown's cleared uh Tyler Johnson's probably not going to see much of the field uh, he had a really nice catch there on the sidelines once AB did get hurt um that the one for 115 that you see in his his game log there but he's talented uh he was talented out of Minnesota he was a gopher there uh so he's used he's one of the, the guys used to playing um in Dakota bit so I would keep him in mind if Antonio Brown's out I think you can still look at um, Gabe Davis. Uh, he's still seeing targets. I know he didn't really have the big game that he had against the the Colts when he had like two, you know, smooth criminal-like catches on the sidelines uh, against Indianapolis. But he still had four targets in that game against the Ravens. Uh, you can see him still be involved. He's on the field, uh, which is ultimately what you want with guys this cheap. You want them to have opportunities uh, if you are down there and have to play someone. So Gabe Davis will probably be – the safest one on opportunities because he's been on the field all year. Um, again, Isaiah McKenzie, he's another one of those gadget guys that they, they play as well. So you could keep him in mind, but I'd probably lean uh, Gabe Davis and then Tyler Johnson if, and that's a, a big if, uh, Antonio Brown's out. Okay. All right. I, 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 that's the only names I saw, too, that I really kind of like. Scotty Miller, I know he jumps in there, too, and he might mm-hmm. be one of those interesting little flyers if Antonio Brown is out. But uh, this is the, these are the weeks where that showdown captain game, in my mind, I'm like, okay, who am I not going to play that's beyond a, a, a minimum salary kind of a thing there? I, I'm only <laughs> going with my studs. I'm going with the studs, and if a, if a fader guy beats me or a last-minute addition, I, I do like those last-minute additions, but if <laughs> I think that I had that— I I had the guy from the Saints last week. I played a lot of him, Torrey Smith, uh, and he ended up giving me some winners last week, Pierre. Oh, yeah, Traquan. He had a big oh, game. He, was, he had the, the main game. He had the two touchdowns there, and, you know, Michael Thomas did nothing, and Sanders didn't really do much either. So, yeah, Traquan came back from the injury list, which kind of worried me because I wasn't sure exactly how much they played coming off of injury. But he was out there and got the big plays, and yeah, he was, what, two $200 or so on the showdown? So that was a mm-hmm. that was a nice pick there. Yes. Uh, who did I say? Torrey Smith? Did I say yeah, Torrey Smith? Yeah, said, former football oh. player. So you're right there. At least he was in the league at some point. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, if you could give me all the 80s and uh, football players or 90s football players or whenever he played, I don't even know what he played. Just give me the football players from the past. Ever since I've had kids, I can't remember anything. I, I, these, these years are just flying by. 
Hey, we jump over to tight ends here now mm-hmm. on the DFS Dreamer podcast, and we talk about these guys, and we always look for those cheap options, but we've thrown that out the window kind of during the playoffs because you don't want those cheap options. You want to try to squeeze in those guys who can pay off for you because you need points. We need points mm-hmm. this time of year. Travis Kelsey seems to me to be uh, the, the highest price player on the board almost. <laughs> I mean, he's higher than Patrick Mahomes. He's right up there with Devontae Adams, and I know Devontae Adams can pay off. And I want to say, and I want to be able to trust that Travis Kelsey is going to play off, be, uh, pay off because he just does. At 8K, he'll be able to hit three times that value every time. But when I look at it, I go, wow, can I really make the tight end be the highest price player on my sheet? And the answer is yes. Yeah. Yeah, the the salaries for one, you can do it, but also just the talent, man. Kelsey's just destroyed this year. You look at his his logs itself. He's gotten you what twenty two plus basically all but what two weeks since week five. Um, he's got twenty seven, twenty two, a, a six, which was the the snow game there at Denver where they they ran the ball more than anything. Twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine. Uh, 16 against Tampa, that would be a lot more with a touchdown. 30, 30, 22, 22, 27. He's been a monster. Um, again, if Mahomes is in, I think he'll be a monster again. Buffalo has struggled um, all season uh, against the tight end also. Uh, so keep that in mind. You had Jack Doyle go for 7 and 70 in a touchdown. So what do you think uh, all pro Travis Kelsey can do uh, with his quarterback there? I love Kelsey this week. I don't care how much he is. You know, it it reminds me of playing NBA DFS or something like that, where the point guard is a shooting guard and a small forward, too, or the center is a power forward and a small forward, and you just get to put them around, and it seems like you're really getting a wide receiver, and you're putting them in the tight end spot, and and maybe you can find one of these other tight ends to slide into your flex spot if you want to. I don't think we do this week. Tonyan, who's the number two, uh, the second highest price tight end on the slate. Mm-hmm. It's priced at $3,600, which to me tells me that there's not a lot of tight ends that I can choose from other than Travis Kelsey. But would you take a shot at Tanyan this week? He might be able to pay off three times that value. Yeah, I think Tanyan would be the one. Um, I plan on playing Kelsey, so full disclosure, I'll have Kelsey in my lineup. But if you want it to be different and, and fake Kelsey, I think Tanyan would be the one you go with. 3,600 is the cheapest he's been since, what, week 12. Uh, he's definitely, uh, even if he's not getting targets, uh, he's one of the main ones that Rodgers zone in on down in the, the red zone and towards the end zone. Uh, I know there's even a clip when uh, Rodgers had his uh, 400th uh, touchdown pass of Adams talking to Tony and saying, hey, it's going to be me or you that catches 400. It ends up being Adams, but Adams knew that because of what Rodgers does down there. You can kind of zone in. Uh, it's either going to be Devontae if they don't hand it off or they're going to run some type of rollout or play action to one of the tight ends, usually Bobby Tunyon. So I do like Tunyon, 3,600. Again, you're only needing, what, 9 to 12. Uh, He he can do that pretty much. Uh, You'll need him to get in the end zone, but he's still getting targets. It's not as much as you would like, but he he takes full advantage of them. So he caught all four, you know, last week. He caught two, both his – two against the, the Bears week 17, caught all three in week 15, you know, caught all five in week 14. He takes advantage of the, the opportunities that he has. I think that's why Rodgers loves him and is always smiling whenever he throws in the ball because he catches everything. Uh, but 3600 really good price tag for Tunyon. Uh, and you can, you can get different. If you think everyone's going to have a, a cheaper receiver down there in your flex, you can be a little different potentially and go double tight end with a Tunyon in that spot. Yeah, and and the one thing I like about him, they they just scheme him open. 
You know, I mean, mm-hmm. he, you you talked about him being wide open and taking advantage of those targets that he gets. It's because he's standing all alone whenever he's getting the ball thrown to him, and it's just like practice. And uh, yeah, yeah that, little, that little smart guy. <laughs> Rob Gunkowski at $3,200. What do you think about Rob this week? He saw five targets uh, just last week, and a couple, of, it seemed, I know at least one of them was in the end zone. I don't mm-hmm. think that Cameron Brait uh, really finds the end zone all that much, but he, he He's got those five targets as well from last week. Are you leaning one way or another on either one of these guys? Uh, I think I would still lean Gronk. Uh, I know Brake's gotten the the targets kind of in the middle of the field uh, the last few weeks with six and five. Uh, But as you stated, Gronk kind of gets more of the the end zone type of targets. Really him and Mike Evans, they have a big bodies. uh, So that's who Brady uh, trusts to, to kind of go up and get the ball. Uh, Gronk had a, uh, end zone target for sure last week against the Saints. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins kind of cut in front of it, batted it down. Uh, but I think he was just lean Gronk. I know there's the connection there, uh, with Brady still. He, he, he probably should have stayed retired. I know he's had a couple solid games, but, uh, I felt like a few years ago, he really seemed to be at the end of his line, but he's a great blocker still. So they use him in there to block a little bit more and let Brady run open. Uh, but he's still more capable of having those big plays, Gronk smash type of plays, uh, as well as down the end zone. So I think Gronk will be the one I lean with out of those two. So, you know, week 13 was their bye week, right, mm-hmm. Pierre? Week 12 uh, and and before that, let's just look at how many targets Gronk had. He had seven, he had six, three, six, four, eight, eight, mm-hmm. six, you know, so it was down there. And we saw the resurgence of, and, and kind of, they, they almost made it a point to start getting Antonio Brown some more targets after they went on that bye week. And I don't yep. know why that is, but that's what they did. Since that time, Gronk has only seen more than four targets one time. So I'm wondering if uh, this week in the playoffs, where last week in the playoffs he saw five targets after Antonio Brown possibly was hurt, mm-hmm. uh, will we start seeing Rob Gronkowski again shine a little bit? He might be one of those guys I plug into that flex spot to save a little bit of do- a salary. He definitely could. I know I know. part of the Antonio Brown thing was uh, trying to get his little incentives uh, money-wise uh, from Brady and the team, which is really nice because I'm sure uh, he, he's kind of out of pocket a bit with all his court costs and stuff, but uh, – it could be. I mean, Gronk's tough. Again, he's he came out of retirement for a reason. He, he wanted to play with Brady. He wanted to win another Super Bowl. I still think he's talented. You know, when you look on the field, he doesn't look washed uh, necessarily. It, it just seems a little slower, and I'm oh, not yeah. sure how, how motivated he is these days. I know he wants to play, but how really motivated are you uh, being a, a Rob Gronkowski is the thing. Uh, but given his price, uh, given the, 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 the magnitude – I guess, of the NFC Championship, uh, you could definitely see that the Gronkowski of old really kind of give it his all these last couple games now that he's in the home stretch. Every once in a while, old Dawson starts knocking on the door, right? And and we get to hear his name pop up. Usually it's just an end zone or bust kind of a day for him. But mm-hmm. he's been known to get more than eight, uh, around eight targets a game a couple of different times this year. Is this going to be one of the days? Because the Kansas City Chiefs are the 30th ranked defense on DraftKings. Mm-hmm. We did see them last week give up a couple of plays to Hooper and then Joku started playing really, really well. Could this be a Dawson Knox week? 
It could. Um, and you mentioned it, like the, the Chiefs have really struggled against tight ends. Uh, and Joku was really the, the main beneficiary uh, when it came to the Browns. But, I mean, you've seen Waller. I think that was the reason that the, the Raiders really gave the Chiefs a hard time. Both times, you know, beating them once was because of the Waller uh, situation and his matchup there at tight end. So tight ends definitely where you want to attack. Um, obviously, Dawson Knox isn't the, the Darren Waller, but he, he could definitely – you know, get a part of the, the offense, get involved. Uh, he, he sees targets every once in a while. He's got a couple, you know, he got an eight, he's got a seven, a uh, few fours in there. So that's something that to keep in mind. That's another reason I'm kind of thinking about Beasley a bit uh, because the reason tight ends are, I feel successful is they run a lot of those, you know, underneath, you know, middle of the field type of routes. Uh, Beasley kind of does that as well as Diggs, obviously, uh, for the Bills. So if it's not a Dawson Knox type of week, I think it will be a Beasley week. I think you probably want to play one of the two against the Chiefs because that, that middle of the field is really where you want to attack them and where you can have the, the most success. Uh, I'm really excited to see the old Cubs closer, Lee Smith, dressing for the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. He was one of my favorite ball players, man, when he used to come into the game. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, he was, he was just a big, intimidating fella at the time. And even at that time, there wasn't a lot of African-American closers. You know, it seemed yeah. like to, it was it was always uh, some Raleigh fingers looking like guy or something like that. And here comes Lee Smith in the, in the Cubs pinstripes out of the bullpen and really, which was just down the third baseline of the first baseline. I get confused. Uh, but he just come walking out of there and it was like, whoa, here he comes. Here he comes. Great closer yeah. for the major leagues. I agree. Great closer, but not the 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 blocky tight end of the <laughs> Buffalo Bills. <laughs> okay. All right. So be it. Let me go down memory lane. Hey, let me remind everybody they are listening to the DFS Streamer Podcast here on the Fantasy Impact Today Network. You're listening to a lot of good advice from Pierre. You can find him on Twitter at Wee 31 He's always happy to answer any kind of questions that you have his coming his way. Or if you have a nice little GIF that you want to send to me, right? A GIF, a GIF. I don't know what it's called even. Uh, yes. If you want to send me one of those to irritate me on Sunday, by all means, go right ahead. You can find me on Twitter at Loafing It. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore on Twitter as well. So we like to save a couple of dollars, Pierre, over on the defensive side of things. <laughs> I, do, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if we can or not. I mean, I want to say that we'd like to give the Buccaneers a shot at 2,700, but man, it's going up against the Green Bay Packers and Devontae Adams and all those guys. Is there any of these defenses that just jump out at you this week? I I, I think you just play one. Uh, whatever you have the <laughs> salary for, you just play. Uh, they're all kind of right around that same range. Obviously, the, the Packers are priced up a bit at 3600 and they're really not the the turnover, you know, pick six type of defense that you really look for. Um, so them being the highest price kind of concerns me. I do think you can play uh, Tampa. I know you mentioned – you know, the the almighty Aaron Rodgers. But, again, you look at his one-back game uh, this season. It was against Tampa there. Um, in Tampa, week six, they scored 19 points on the defense, uh, five sacks, a couple interceptions, and a touchdown. Uh, you saw him with, with Breeze, pick him off three times. Uh, he got a fumble recovery, got nine points. Uh, if you get nine points from one of these defenses, given the offenses on the other side, you'll, you'll be pretty happy. Um, to be honest, so I do think you'll you'll probably have a lot of action on the the Bucks on the Bills because they are the two cheapest. Uh, that's where a lot of folks are going to lean because you really never know. It's kind of a crapshoot. You're looking for sacks. You're looking for turnovers. Really, these offenses don't do that much. So you're you're hoping for a little bit of luck, uh, which unfortunately is a part 
you know, a fantasy. It's there's a lot of skill involved, uh, but you do need a little luck. And a lot of times the luck comes from a defense. So I just look at what you have remaining and I'm guessing you'll probably be trying to squeeze in anywhere from the chiefs to the, the bills to the, the bucks. I don't think a lot of people will have a Packers uh, given their, their price and that they really don't turn the ball over. So if you want to be contrarian and maybe trying to pay up for the Packers, but I'll probably just uh, flip a, a coin and play one of those low cheaper ones. Okay. All right. To me, the most impressive defense out of this bunch has been the Buccaneers defense in the playoffs, especially last week. And I know I live in the moment a little bit too much, but boy, those guys were just on a mission last week. And, and, and I know the Buffalo bills were as well, but still, I mm-hmm. think Lamar Jackson, if he would have thrown that touchdown instead of throwing it into quadruple coverage like he did in the end zone, <laughs> man, that could have been a different ball game. But I, I just think the Buccaneers uh, yeah. looking are, are, are maybe the most impressive defense out of this. Could, I mean, it is a little recency bias because you look at what Taylor Heineke kind of kind of tore him up a little bit uh, the week before that. But I agree they they're probably the the safest. Um, the only thing that to, to definitely watch though is. Uh, the, the Chad Henney situation. So if Henney's playing instead of Mahomes, mm-hmm. and you're just going to play the Bills, I think that's going to be pretty pretty cut and dry. So that would be the one game changer if Mahomes is rolled out. I think you'll see a lot of ownership starts to go towards Buffalo. Uh, and you say that uh, about uh, what's his name, Heineke, Heineke. Uh, yes. Uh, Taylor Heineke. Yeah, yeah, Tyler Heineke. Nobody knew. Right. I mean, that was kind of a boom, uh, kind of a spur of the moment kind of thing. And it kind of reminds me of the quarterback situation against the Chiefs whenever the Chargers threw their quarterback in there. And nobody knew until it was game time, you know, after the Mm -hmm. uh, uh, famous incident. And it's hard to know those things. And I think it's hard for a defense to be able to change their flow and their game plan all of a sudden right there at the last minute. Uh, Or maybe even the defense kind of does like we do and we start giggling to ourselves about (laughs) Tyler Heineke going to be quarterback. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, Heineke's running around. You're like, whoa, wait a minute. And kind of get you flat footed, get you on your heels or something. That's true. That's very true. Um, so that could be the case. Not going to be the case with Chad Haney. I think we all know who Chad Haney is. <laughs> yeah, uh, we do. His Jacksonville days. But good point on the, the Heineke and Tampa situation. All right. So let's move over to running backs. Is it me? Am I crazy? And just uh, I, I I think that the T- Chiefs almost look better without CEH behind the the uh, behind the uh, quarterback. I'm sorry, excuse me. Behind the quarterback, I think mm-hmm. that they look a little bit better with a different running back in there. They look good. I mean, Darrell Williams is straight ahead. He wasn't trying to be cute. He wasn't there bouncing around. He was just hitting the hole and going. And uh, there's some teams that benefit from that. You know, you don't need to have that that flashy player that's trying to always break a big play and, and only get one or two yards. Sometimes it's just good to. Head down, hit the first hole, take four to six yards, keep going. Uh, he caught a few balls out of the backfield as well, so I definitely agree. I felt like they were really, really clicking uh, with him uh, to, to start. And keep in mind that that's kind of what Andy Reid starts to do. When he gets into the playoffs, we saw it last year with Damian Williams, uh, they start to lean on the, the run a little bit more because everyone's obviously concerned about Mahomes and the passion attack. And a lot of times, you know, you can get some yardage and really chip away with the running game just because of the way the secondary um, is playing. So I, I like Daryl Williams. I kind of hope CEH um, is out again uh, so we can run it back with him at 4,800. Uh, but great point for sure. Yeah, I, d- I don't know. Whenever I look at this, it's really hard to tell which running back I want to choose from if his name's not Aaron Jones. 
Uh, I don't want – it seems like the Tampa Bay situation kind of scares me away from that because they're splitting mm-hmm. carries at this point, it seems like. So I, I would almost want to take a Ronald Jones at 4,600 as the cheapest uh, running back from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who would you rather play, Leonard Fournette or Ronald Jones? Fournette is priced at 5,300 this week. I think I, I think I lean with you. I, I like Ronald Jones. Uh, I know Fournette was a starter. He's getting the, the passing down work. Uh, he's got back-to-back weeks of 20-plus points, uh, so definitely keep that in mind. But I feel like Jones is more the home run hitter. Uh, he had a couple plays there against New Orleans where if he doesn't get, like, tripped up, he was gone. Uh, he got 13 carries himself. Uh, the targets, he only got one, so that would be the concern. You're looking at a $700 difference uh, between the two, but they're they're both getting, you know, attempts in the, the teams when it comes to rushing. Uh, you look in at the targets, that's the only big thing, whereas, you know, Fournette got six compared to one. So, again, you're going to have to look at the game script. Uh, you're going to have to look at, you know, Fournette fumbles. You know, he's at fumble concerns even in Jacksonville. Uh, if he fumbles, maybe Ronald Jones uh, gets more of a shot. And keep in mind that, that Jones was hurt. You know, he was coming off that quad injury. So if he's healthier, you know, they may go back to him as well at a cheaper price tag. So I think I would lean Ronald Jones as well. Jamal Williams seems to be the guy whenever I look up and they're and and the Packers are at the end zone mm-hmm. he's the guy getting the red zone looks man he, <laughs> every time underneath the 20 it's Jamal Williams in there it's not Aaron Jones I would rather play Jamal Williams than Aaron Jones I think Pierre yeah it's tough uh, I was actually noticing that I've noticed it all year so down the red zone they do tend to uh, to go to Jamal Williams more. For one, he's kind of a heavier runner, uh, whereas Jones is more of your your bouncier guy and can kind of break away um, in the open field, whereas Jamal Williams just going to grind you out five, six yards. So that's an interesting situation. You know, he got 12 carries for 65 yards himself. Uh, he didn't see any targets, whereas he's capable of catching the ball as well, whereas Aaron Jones, you know, 14, he only got two more rushing attempts. Uh, he only got two targets himself. Uh, a lot of times it can be the hot hand there. Uh, the one thing with Aaron Jones is just his his breakaway ability. You saw it really in that game uh, against the Rams. He hadn't done really too much. Um, in that first play to start the second half, he broke for like 60, 65. Uh, that's actually one of the one series where they kept him in, rewarded him with that touchdown. So he probably got rewarded for the big play that he broke. Uh, that's the one reason I would kind of lean Aaron Jones out of those two. It's because of that big, that big playability. You're not going to see Williams break 60, 70-yard touchdown, whereas Aaron Jones can. Uh, but I do like the price of Williams, and you're right with the red zone work. Yeah, I mean, if, if it wasn't for that long one, and I know if we're going to take away a long one, then maybe we need to give him an extra big one or something like that. I don't know. But he would only finish with 39 rushing yards, which just isn't that impressive to me. Um, a very, very interesting situation. So let's work through these guys because it, it's, it's mucky. This running back situation is mucky for me, okay? So okay. we got J- Jamal Williams or Devin Singletary, who's, who's the only running back in Buffalo right now. I think I still stick with, with Singletary because um, he is the, the lone the lone, lone wolf there. He he really didn't get the, the attempt, so he may not get them anyways, but you got to hope that he's more involved, if not just in the passing attack. Again, this this is going to – I'm not going to say it's going to have to because the, the Browns and Chiefs kind of disappointed from a point total wise, but this should be a shootout. You're looking at 53 degree weather. Pay attention to the wind right now. It's projected around 11. If that continues to climb, uh, then that could definitely hurt the passing attack. But best weather so far, uh, given the, the 30 degrees there in Green Bay. So 
I do think I would lean Singletary just because he doesn't have Aaron Jones for one still in reps. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also he's he can catch the ball as well if they do get behind, get some dump offs, et cetera. Okay. That's what you say. I'm taking Williams <laughs> over Singletary. But I, I'll trust you. I trust you better, and I do see what you're saying. I just I think that uh, – and and this is tough, too, because Williams is going to be going against that Tampa Bay Buccaneer defense. It's mm-hmm. really, really stout against the run. So maybe I'm agreeing with you in that, in that Singletary <laughs> outlook there. Ah, boy, that's a tough one. All right, Singletary or Ronald Jones? I do like Ronald Jones. Uh, you saw kind of Cam Akers. I know he didn't have the the huge game that some expected. Obviously, it, it, they got behind and they had to go away from that again. But he still got there. He got 18 points there uh, with the the Rams. Uh, I feel like Ronald Jones could definitely get there again. You want him to break free because um, he is splitting carries as well with Fournette. Uh, but I feel like he has the boost. Um, 4,600 is a really good price tag for him for sure. He hadn't been this cheap, you know, since what week four? Uh, week four, he was forty-seven hundred, had twenty carries, hundred eleven yards uh, against the Chargers. So if you get anything like that, you may not get that type of volume since Fournette's definitely more involved now than he was back then. But just the uh, the home run ability that he also has uh, against a, a Packers uh, run defense that has struggled throughout the year, uh, struggled a bit with with Cam Akers. I do like Ronald Jones would take him over uh, Singletary at forty-six. CEH has not played since week number 15 against New Orleans, right? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it seems like to me, if it's obvious to us sitting on the sidelines here, it seems like to me that maybe the coaching staff may go up to CEH and say, hey, rookie, we really need you healthy in the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I don't know the situation there. And I know that they are loyal to him and they are somewhat married to him after Patrick Mahomes kind of went out on a limb and picked him in the first mm-hmm. round of the playoff or in the first round of the draft for Kansas City. But would you rather have Ronald Jones or Daryl Williams if CEH does not play? If he didn't play, I think I'd take Daryl Williams. Uh, the the volume's going to be there uh, with the attempts. Uh, again, you saw 13 last week. He he got some passing action with what a couple targets there as well, at four, four targets. five targets. So, I mean, you you gotta want that again. High powered offense with the Chiefs, highest point total. Uh, Andy Reid does prefer to run the ball a little bit more uh, when it comes to the the playoffs. Buffalo has struggled with the run all year. I know they kind of held the 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 Ravens in check, but there's really not much of a, a passing threat with the Ravens and, and Lamar Jackson's accuracy in addition to the wind uh, that was happening there. So you could kind of play for the run where I don't think that's going to be the case uh, here against uh, the the Bills and Josh Allen. So I think the, the Chiefs can take advantage of that run uh, with Mahomes behind the center. I, I would take Daryl Williams for sure uh, if uh, Elair is out. If Elair plays. Would you rather have Ronald Jones or Daryl Williams? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> what about Ronald Jones or CEH? Would, would same thing there, CEH yep, then? I think CEH as well. I would hope he's healthy. Uh, it's always tough coming off an injury, uh, especially an ankle and what a hip. Uh, so you want to help. He, hope he's healthy, but I take him still uh, over Ronald Jones there. 
I know you you said uh, that you would take Ronald Jones over Leonard Fournette. There's the price the price seems a little bit weird for me on that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leonard Fournette, man, the the twenty points, and I know I didn't say it at the time, but those twenty DraftKings points that he's been getting is pretty consistent. And I really like the way Leonard Fournette is looking out there on the field too. He's 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 got a couple of jukes now. He's got a couple of dance moves whenever he's out there instead of just running right into the guy. I don't know how they're coaching him up in there. He he seems smaller, though, Pierre, like he's shrunk. I don't know. I mean, I was wondering what was wrong because I, we see him a lot, obviously, two times a year when he was in Jacksonville. And he was a good runner. I mean, it wasn't like he was terrible. Um, he probably shouldn't have been drafted where he was. But, I mean, he's always been a solid running back. And I was pretty annoyed when I saw he went to Tampa there. but. He's getting an opportunity, and he's always been one to, to kind of take advantage of the opportunity. Obviously, he got a, a ton of touches uh, there in Jacksonville, and you're starting to see the uptick of touches there. Uh, now that he's involved in the offense, he's getting the ball in his hands. You start to get comfortable. You start to let loose a bit, and I feel like that's happening. Um, I, I still lean Ronald Jones just because I feel like Ronald Jones is – a better back, I don't know if that's true. I just feel like he's a better back than, than Fournette just from what I've seen uh, this year and his burst and breakaway speed. Uh, so I could be wrong there, but uh, I do feel like Fournette's a better pass catcher. Uh, so keep that in mind, especially if they get behind uh, against Green Bay. You're probably going to see more Fournette out of the backfield to catch the ball. Uh, whereas they get a lead, uh, you can see Ronald Jones more involved. And again, all it takes is a fumble um, really from either one for the other one to be benched. Uh, I think I'd take the savings right now and, and go with Jones, but Fournette's definitely capable, and uh, he's shown that here the last, what, four out of five weeks or so. KC back or Aaron Jones this week? I'm going to probably stick with KC back. I just don't like the way Aaron Jones has been being used uh, with Green Bay. I'm not sure what's going on there. Uh, I know he's a free agent after this year, so I don't know if they're driving his price down or something, but – I mean, he he's good. He's still good. He's He's got the home run ability uh, for sure. Uh, he can get you. He's probably the safest uh, running back on the slate. I just, I'm just concerned that he doesn't get the touches that I want uh, for his price tag compared to, compared to everybody else. Again, he got 14 attempts compared to Jamal Williams at 12. Uh, obviously, he took advantage with that one big run. Uh, but if he doesn't break away, you could be in trouble if he didn't have one of those, you know, big 50 plus yard runs down the field. And that's what's concerning this week. Whereas you got receivers around his price range that I feel are pretty safe um, in their volume and what they're going to bring to the table. Maybe it was the game plan or game script last week for the Packers, but AJ Dillon had what six attempts, I think last week. And, and I don't think that they're going to want to run the ball that much against Tampa Bay. That's just my opinion. But now at the same time, I say that, and I know, I know green Bay, right? I've watched green Bay. Mm-hmm. When when people don't think that they're going to do something, it's almost like that's what they want to do that day, and they they want to dominate even the player the, the opposing team's strengths. I know they're great at taking advantage of the weaknesses as well, but I, they're not going to bail out on the run. I don't think that they will. Aaron Rodgers and them they may, they can change it on the fly, but they're mm-hmm. going to want to establish that run just to be able to do those play-action passes that Aaron Rodgers is really good at or just to be able to give them the threat that, hey, we're going to run. They're not going to bail out on the running play. I don't know who's going to get the six carries that A.J. Dillon had last week, whether that'll Mm -hmm. go to Jamal Williams or whether that'll go to Aaron Jones. I think all fantasy owners should be excited if Aaron Jones gets that because of that big play capability that he has more times in his paws 
the better, if you ask me. I agree. I, I agree. That's that's what we're going to have to watch. Again, you mentioned it. The Bucks really stout you know, run defense. Uh, we saw Kamara kind of struggle. He he averaged about four point seven, which isn't bad. Uh, but they really just kind of kept him in check. Obviously, Breeze doesn't have the arm that Rodgers has to kind of open things up. Uh, so keep that in mind. But I, I do feel like they'll try to run. I'm just not sure they'll be able to. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you there. Boy, it was, it was I don't want to say it was sad watching Drew Brees go out because it, it really wasn't. It was it, I wasn't. Well, <laughs> the arm strength, boy, you, you just saw it, though. I mean, it was really, really dominant last week against that defense. Um, oh, yeah. He just had nothing in the tank. He didn't. It was it was tough for me to watch. I actually grew up really just idolizing Drew Brees. So uh, I know I went to IU, but um, he went to Purdue. And before I went to IU, I was a big Purdue fan. Uh, Troy Lewis, cousin of mine, you know, played uh, for the Boilermakers. Uh, Glenn Big Dog Robinson, you know, from the Gary area was there. Conzo Martin. I watched all those Purdue teams. Um, and Brees was obviously the, the football quarterback there with Joe Tiller. So Really big Drew Brees fan. I almost went to Purdue because of Drew Brees. Um, obviously, I didn't. Uh, I really can't stand Purdue now, but <laughs> I did always keep a Drew Brees in my heart. So it was tough uh, to just kind of watch him go out like that. Um, I know he had the the tough, you know, injuries and the ribs and, you know, even the shoulder stuff, you know, back in the San Diego Chargers days that he overcame. Uh, beat my, my coats um, in the Super Bowl as well uh, down there in Miami when I was there and kind of broke my heart as well but it was just tough uh, to see him go out like that I was hoping you know he'd have at least a better game individually even if the, the Saints didn't win I, I didn't want him to to really look like the decline that happened and it definitely happened with the, the three interceptions and it was funny I saw someone show, he like passed the torch to Jameis Winston and they were saying he was passing the interception torch to Jameis Winston so I thought that was funny but it was a it was a sad day for me to, to see Breeze go out that way. I think part of it is is um, a, a little moment for us whenever we see one of our, I don't know, good football players, a great athlete, retire and have nothing left in the tank. It, it reminds us that we're mortal, that we are all going to come to a demise. You know, even these mm -hmm. people who are, are at a different level physically than we will ever be at uh, or that we ever were at. Uh, whenever we see them kind of starting to falter, it reminds mm -hmm. us that we are all uh, going to falter at some point in our life, no matter what that is, Pierre. So that's, that's I think, that's part true. of it for me, especially the older I get. You don't have any idea how old I am, do you? You have no clue. Yeah, you're probably, what, 48? Okay, you got it right on the head. I don't know how you did that, Pierre. <laughs> yeah, you go to a carnival? Are you a carnival guy, too? Have I told this story? You, no, you, I, you told me when you graduated, when we had a uh, conversation before, so that would put you in line uh, basically around 10 years before me. Yeah, I, th I think you uh, <laughs> I think you do some tricks at a carnival or something. I don't know how you did that. Boy, that shocked me off guard. Uh, just spelled me a line up here. I got to get out of here now. You're freaking me out, creeping me out here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we kind of spoke him up earlier at quarterback. I am going to go with Josh Allen. Uh, 6,900 uh, going up there against the Chiefs. He's going to have to throw the ball, going to have to score. So give me him. Going to stack him up with Diggs, uh, 7K. Got to get a piece of that action. He's been wonderful all season. Uh, so give me Diggs. Going to run it back with the, the best tight end in the NFL, uh, Mr. Kelsey there at 8K. So coming up really high, 69, 7K, 8K. Got to keep going. Give me Devontae Adams as well for 8K. Uh, so I'm jamming in some of these heavy hitters 
Uh, but that's because I can save it running back. Um, I think uh, Elaire is probably going to miss. So give me uh, Daryl Williams uh, to kind of get a part of that, that Chiefs backfield. Uh, we'll save some money. So that way, if, if uh, Elaire does play, uh, we can get up to him. But give me Darrell Williams there. Uh, another running back. Let's go ahead and get Ronald Jones. Um, again, I think that he'll, he'll have a bigger uh, part of the pie uh, this week now that he's a little healthier. Uh, Fournette's probably still going to start just because they're not going to really change what's working for them. But I do like Jones and his big playability there. This is 3,500. I'm going to go ahead and go down to the Bucks uh, defense uh, for right now. 2,700, cheapest one on the board. So give me the Bucks defense. Leaves us 4K for a receiver and for a flex. Uh, give me another part of this uh, Packers uh, receiving core. Give me uh, MBS. Uh, let's say it's going to be his week this week. Uh, 3,900 against that Tampa secondary. Uh, at least 4,100. Go back to the well for my guy, uh, Wes Beasley. I mean, Cole Beasley uh, there at 4,100. Uh, that would round it out, uh, kind of pair up with, with Allen and Diggs. So that's Josh Allen, uh, Ronald Jones, Daryl Williams, Devontae Adams, Steph Diggs, Mark, Marquez Valdez, Cantling, Kelsey, Beasley, Buccaneers D, 2,700, round it out. Okay. I, it looks like I get to play with 138 DraftKings tokens. I don't know how I accumulated those, <laughs> but that's what I'm going to do. That's what I'm going to do. That looks good. That looks good to me. I, and I like how you have the three best wide receivers uh, in that are on this slate in there right now, because I, I, I want to st- try to figure out a way to put Hill in there. I don't know if I want to change out some of those things, but there's not really any way to do that. And and I don't know if I would take that. <laughs> Boy, look at that lineup. That's a pretty good one, Pierre. That's a pretty good one. Okay, Thank I'll you. run with it. <laughs> Only thing, if you wanted to get Hill in, let's say you didn't want Kelsey for whatever reason, let's say you're crazy. No. Uh, you could you could take out Scantley and put Hill at receiver. Uh, you could then go with Tunyon at 3,600, um, and that will leave you a little bit to to go up uh, from Beasley, or you could go up if if uh, Elaire's rolled in, you can get your salary there. But I like to have Kelsey in there. I like the way this one's looking as well. So we'll we'll see how it goes Sunday and. Uh, hopefully uh, we'll be we'll be rolling in the money uh, or or crowns. Uh, that's what you're rolling in as well. <laughs> I don't know what I'm rolling in. I don't know. Hey, my friend, thank you very much. I know I said it before, but I appreciate it. And uh, uh, you keep doing a solid job. And we will talk again after this divisional uh, conference final championships. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get together again. It's been a great season. Uh, go end it with a go pack go. Uh, just for you and my wife. Hopefully they're able to get to the Super Bowl and have a happy happy life, happy wife type of situation or happy wife, happy life. I think I said that backwards, but good talking with you as always. Uh, thanks for listening to the listeners. Really appreciate you all season. Good interacting with you on Twitter. Uh, hoping to continue to do so um, in the long run here. Uh, and don't forget to follow him over on Twitter at Wee 31 Pierre is who you can find him as. Don't forget to follow me as well at Loafinet on Twitter. Don't forget to follow the show at FI Today with a little underscore there. You can also head over to Anchor FM. That's where you can subscribe to the podcast on whatever listening platform you like to listen to podcasts on. If it happens to be on that iTunes app, please slap those stars around. Leave a comment. Leave a review. But more importantly than all those actions... Fit family, we want to encourage you to go out into the world and make a positive impact in somebody's life today.